On today's episode, Dave interviews Silas Weir Mitchell. Silas has appeared on The Whole Ten Yards, Flags of Our Father, and Grimm. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. Pulling things out of like... You should have heard this. I mean, it's on, it's, we have... Uh, we, you know, it's, I have to was, do some research. I have to, I have to go on and. He get, was a guest on the show, and man, he's fucking all over the place. He is. He is. And we just start right away. By the way, we don't. Yes. It's not like we do this and then we go over there. Um, he bounces around, and he bounces to other planets. He, he bounces. He really does. Yeah, like he really does. I feel like he had some thing. Didn't he have some thing with his brain? I don't remember a thing with. his I think brain. he got bonked or something, or he had some, and he it created. I mean, maybe he was already kind of where he was. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, something, I, I worked with him on this movie in Montana with the guy who's actually making the thing I'm doing now. What and thing is that? The thing I'm doing now is the show Grimm. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. And the right. thing I did before that was a was a little movie called... Um, Titanic. A four, yes, <laughs> you might have heard of it. <laughs> little movie called The Oscar Goes To Shyshanich. <laughs> He was he was shit faced. Uh-huh. Um, what was, what uh huh. It was called a fork in the road, and uh-huh. it never did much. It was a funny comedy of mistakes and right. misunderstandings, right. and people keep mis- you know it just snowballs. It's a right. snowball movie where it gets wackier and wackier. A farce, farcey sort of thing. It's almost farcey. It's like a caper farce thing. Got it. That's the way he writes. He writes so that things Who's get. He? His name is Jim Kauf. Uh huh. K O U F, and he's the head writer along with David Greenwalt on Grimm. Oh, he is. Yes, I haven't seen his name. Did he, so, was he there the entire time? He's been there the whole time. Uh-huh. Uh, it's David David Greenwalt, Jim Kauf, and this other guy uh-huh. who's somehow has his name up there because fifteen years ago the three of them wrote something down on a napkin. I see, I see. And I'm not even going to say his name, and okay. his name is still up there. Got some, it, I don't know got how. it. But I anyway. love the show, man. Do I you really? Love, I really, I love the show. I love your part. I have so much fun. It's really, really fun. It's really fun. It's fun to watch it, and you are... Now, granted, I've only watched the first four episodes, um, but it seems like you, you fell into that character right away. I think that, frankly... It's par- funny. You're funny. I'm funny. He's funny. the funny guy. He's the funny guy. Because he's in between, you know, worlds. Right. And, and the show gets much darker. They start getting, like, NBC kind of starts to take their hands off it a little bit. Right. And, you know, we shot, we shot 37 in a row, pretty you much. You did! Pretty much. I mean, we went from, we started in August of 11. Yes. And we went through... You know the the May until April of twelve. You didn't stop working, and we took a month off. Uh huh. And then we well we had a little winter break. We had like a couple of weeks off for Thanksgiving and Christmas. Uh huh. Then we came back and we kept working. We finished the first season in in basically April, and then we started the second season in late May because they wanted to start us early. In the second season. So we started late in the first season. We started early our second season, Mm -hmm. which means in between the two, you have no time. The writers had no... I mean, we got four weeks off, the actors. The writers had no time. So when we just broke in November of 2012, we shot episode 15 of season two. And we shot 22 and then 15 (laughs) in like 18 months. Now... Now, is that because of the weather out there? No, it was just NBC was trying to pull its shit together so big time. When we started, NBC was in the toilet. Right. It was a bad scene. In right. like the fall of 11 was right. bad news bears, you know? Right. 
And we were this little weird thing that clicked with, a, you know, 7 million people. And then they started being more people watching it on Hulu. Right. And we got this live plus seven, which is this new metric, which is how many people ratings metric, which is if people watch it on DVR within seven days of the original air date, uh-huh. that is a metric that advertisers now look at. Really? So when we did, you know, the initial viewing would be like five and a half million. Uh-huh. And then it would be by the end of the week, it would be seven and a half million. Like we were the, we were the show that was percentage wise getting the most people watching it within a week of its air date. How does that feel to know that it started out with five million people, Silas? And we aired our first, our pilot went up against Game 7 of the World Series. And there was no way Game 7 of the World Series was going to be that night. <laughs> because it was meant to be, like, Thursday. That was it. It's Thursday because that's uh-huh. Game 7 the way it's scheduled. That's right. it. Right. And then it was postponed for rain. No! And not only that, but Game 6, there were, like, four opportunities for a team to close it out on Game 6. They mm-hmm. were up by three, and the other team tied it. They were up by two, and the other team tied it. And we're all, like... <laughs> Refre- we're, you know, we're like on episode six or whatever because we've been picked up and we're refreshing and refreshing. And like, come on, finish it out, man. So Friday night's clear. <laughs> and they did. And, and, you know, St. Louis came back and won. And then game seven was instead of being Thursday because they had postponed a game earlier in the series. Game seven was Friday. The day of your show. The day of our pilot. Right. The pilot. During the same time. Right. So we were done. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm asking specifically you, not the show, knowing that five million people yeah. are watching you. Yeah. It's very different than when you and I did the show at the Met <laughs> in Hollywood, and we were like, oh, look, there's 60 people out there. 60? That's, a, that's like almost a full house. And you're probably right now, that doesn't matter to you. And what I mean when I say that doesn't matter to you is... Do you do any? Are you doing any live shows? Anymore? I do plays when I can, um, if I feel like I can spare the time from my wife and my life and travel. Right. Because you know I live in Portland, basically. Right. So my downtime has to be spent primarily being with my family, right. which is my and wife and my dog. They're up there in Portland. No, they're that's here. the problem. They're in they're Silver in, Lake. They're in Silver Lake, right. and I am in Portland. Right. And every three weeks, we have like a three-week rule, more or less. Like Who's I, we? My wife and I. Uh-huh. KK. Do you know KK Dodds? I don't know. Do you know? Are you Chicago? Are yeah, you? I'm yeah, Chicago. she's from Chicago. Uh-huh. And uh, she, th- we met through Kafka. You did? She played Frankie K. <laughs> ah, man, I should know her. In a, she played Frankie K. Oh, oh my God, that whole show for me was is kind of a blur. I because bet. Because of all the other things that were going on with that show. When I think about the show, it was, it was America Kafka, and it was run, written Otherwise by, known as the end of Zoo District. Exactly, and I love Zoo District. I, they were one, of the, great, they were one of the great companies. Absolutely, and uh, uh, Ken Preston Inzi wrote it. And Zoo District, it killed Zoo District. Zoo District had, there's a big rift, I guess, about whether or not to do it. Right. And I have to say, Ben Davis, very good friend of mine. Right. And I, I want to talk about Ben Davis, too, but keep going. Well, he's the one who told Zoo District, he's like, you can't do this. Right. This play is not ready to be done. Right. And he was right. Right. He was right. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun to do, though. It was fun as it hell. The really first act was do. awesome. Yeah. The second act was like... 
torture for the audience. Right, right. It was right. still interesting for us. Oh, I loved doing. I loved doing. <laughs> I loved it. the goodbyes. It Absolutely. was like a long goodbye. It was dreamscape. Yeah, right. But Preston Inzi's got this whole theory about writing where it's like I'm going like the way Overton thinks. Yes. I'm going over here. Right. Because something in me says I'm going over here. And but then, isn't that isn't that the creative not, process though? You know, you look at that, and there are some people like a, a third act is a, a second act and a third act. Second act for a play. Third act for a movie. They're hard to do, man. Yeah, they're apparently. really hard to do. I don't write, so I don't know. Right. All but, I know is you, you know, know put an actor in, in a tr- put a character in a tree and then throw stones at him, is what they say. Like <laughs> the first say? first act is make him make it difficult for him, and the second <laughs> act is make it harder. Right. Okay. Like, you all know, right. but right, I don't right, know right, from right, second right. act and third act. All I know right. is that the second act of our play. Yes. It was so hard. It was really hard for people to sit through because they don't know what's going on. I know. And if we could hand out a handout to people and say, this is what's going on. Or maybe have much- like crazy production value so that it's like Broadway style spectacle. Absolutely. So when the girls are rowing through, you right. know, the port of New York, right. there's some gigantic, beautiful thing that people are looking at that says you're in the port of New York and right. it's these ghostly little people from the old country exactly. rowing underneath the Statue of Liberty. But when you have like 50 cents and a stick of gum Right, 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 right. People are like in the audience going, I'm inside this guy's brain and I'm lost. Right. Um, a guy had me look at his script the other day and uh, he he paid me for it, and he said, "You know, will you look at my script?" And I said, "Okay, I'll look at your script." And I was like, That's, "I get this rate, and this is my, you know." And I'm like, "I didn't know you I, did that." I do that. Well, anybody, I think that that you would do that too. You could do that, Silas. You could do that because mm. you look at something, and go, "This doesn't make sense. This makes sense. This sure. I can follow this, or I can't follow sure. this." And it's very simple. You can say that you don't know how to do it, but you know what you like, and you know what you follow. And True. You know I just what you don't, don't know from structure. Yeah, you know what? I don't know from fucking structure either. I yeah. don't know. I don't from know the structure. rules. No, but the thing is, you know what works and you know what doesn't. Particularly, you have worked your fucking ass off, and you've worked a lot. You it's know? only from that's the only basis I would have for anything. But, is like what I've done. Exactly, but that's all that matters because what you've done, you've been successful at, and because you've been successful at what you've done, you are a maven. And if you want to think of yourself not as a maven, that's great. But I look at you and I see a maven. I look at you. <laughs> What's a maven? What's a maven? Obviously not a Jewish person. A maven is an expert. It's a Yiddish word. Okay. Now, you, how could you be in show business for as long as you have I didn't. Been first of all, I love the Yiddish influences in right. our language. Yes. There's so many and they're so fun. I did right. not know Maven was one of them. Well, I also believe that if you're in show business, as long as you've been in show business, you're almost, uh, you're, you're almost given a Jewish identity card. I feel very connected to the... Uh, the chosen the, people? The, the, well, I, the, I don't know how to say it exactly, but... The Jewish sensibility is yes. very uh, close. I can, I'm, I, uh, you know, it's near. Well, it feels, working with you, it feels near. It's like we're a tribe in a way. Like Hollywood people are a tribe, clearly basically. We're, like a tribe. we're a tribe. And, and we're also a tribe that, that, uh, that, isn't, um, that, that isn't looked on as, um, as worthy. You know, I think our worth is, is in looked on. In certain quarters, certainly. In, certain in quarters. other quarters, it's overvalued. Clearly, clearly. You know? Yeah. Like the whole like build them up, tear them down, like Justin Bieber, you know, weirdness. Like it's that's such overvalued. Weirdness. It's such weirdness. Uh, and I have friends, who, and you do too, friends who are in the ether and being famous yeah. and what they can't do. Yeah, they I have know. no more life. I would hate that. I couldn't. It would be like being in prison. 
right now is a great level for me because right. it's like people are like, hey, are you the guy from, right? you know, and the only reason that anyone would ever say, hey, Silas, is because they looked on their phone. Right. And they're like, oh, he's the guy from, you know what I mean? It's not like they know my name. Right. I'm still just that guy who makes them laugh on the show. Right. It's But being in the, the prison of like extreme fame is would be a total drag. Like you can't go out to dinner really no you can't or you go out to dinner where other people who are in your circle go out to dinner exactly but if you want to go to that great um, new place that's down the street or well, I, I, you know i know that you're, you're well when I, I when i was married i lived in silver lake and we there was that uh uh seven del mar seven it's oh it's, siete mares yeah yeah on sunset exactly Great, great burrito it, it, joint. Yeah, totally. And, and I don't know, but when you said that, that was the place that I I thought of, like yeah. going where it's like you can't sit down out there. Yeah, you can't go um, to Malo. No, you can't go to Malo. You Not can't that I would anymore. No, why? Not it good used anymore. to be great. Yeah, just, was it? I went there for drinks and they changed. They changed. They so totally they, they, they changed. They messed something up. And I'm actually friends with the guys who started that place. Uh-huh. I invested in the downtown one, uh-huh. and uh, I think they got something on the ball. Right, but. The flagship one on Sunset is different and worse. Yes, than it used to be. I, well, they when I was there the other, when I was there a few months ago, they had they were like removing everything and starting over. Or something Ups- like that. on on Sunset. On Sunset. Wow. And I don't mean they're going out of business. I mean they said we're changing our menu or changing something. It's yeah. Like, oh, okay. Whoa, whoa. Because I don't know. I maybe they're doing there. it. Maybe they're changing even more now. Well, as an investor, you should probably find that out. Well, I'm not invested in the Sunset one. Look, I'm a, I'm, I bury my, here's some money, thanks, you guys are great, I believe in you, when do I see a check? <laughs> I love that you're looking at your watch. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> anything to do with time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that, that idea of like, uh, like in helping a friend out like that is awesome. That's one of the things about where you're, you're making enough money to go, you know what, or because you're not saying, you know what, when that Malo money comes in, boy, baby, oh, I'm going to get a hat. I'm going to get a hat. Exactly. I'm okay. going to get a couple of hats and uh, take my wife to Moza. That'll wife. be it. Or I'm going to buy a couple of hats and take my wife to pavilions. We're going to go to pavilions and it's like, whatever you want in this aisle. Whatever you, yeah. <laughs> pavilions. I was trying to think, what's the, I was like, ah, pavilions. Pavilions. Yes. It's a okay. supermarket. I'm take my wife to John's. Exactly. Not Vons, honey. No, no, no we're going no, to go to no, John's. No, no. If Vons means value, then John's. John's means value. Jal- <laughs> said Jalu. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't even know what that it's means. It's funny, though. Either. It's a funny word. I'm getting back to the Ken Preston yes. the Rick Overton thing. Of lost in a, a person's word. mind. Of, of that being lost in a person's mind, but also looking at the way that they created that material and to say they allowed themselves to go where it is that they're going to go to, and God bless them. Because that is that is more fun for me than to do something that's expected. I and couldn't agree more, and I couldn't agree more with the courage of writing that way. Right. You know, and Ken was, you know, Ken felt as though he were really on the brink of some new way of writing. Right. This whole platforming. Remember he was talking about the platforming thing as a performance? Yes. As a performance style that went with his writing? Yes. 
in the sense that he had all these different voices in his head and one person's platform would be doing this and then some other thing would come up. For, it's like Jungian. I know. You know, it's like <clears throat> he's like dealing with the unconscious and stuff. Yes. And that's totally cool, but you have to give the audience a logical framework. Oh, my God. I'm telling of you. Of some guy, kind. Oh, I, I totally agree. And this guy that I was, that had me write his screen, read his screenplay, not write his screenplay. It was magical thinking. Mm-hmm. You know, it was Gabriel Garcia Marquez. And totally. I said, I said, I get what you're doing here. But no one's going to fucking buy this thing. No one. Because they're going to get to the point that I got to, which is halfway through, and I'm sitting on that couch, and I'm reading it, and I'm going, I have no idea what's happening right now. And I got on the phone, and I went, um, no. No, can't I can't. And he's like, wait a minute. At the, th- and, and, you know, at the end of the third act, five minutes before the show's over... Uh, the piece is over. Everything's explained. And I said, no one's going to make it that far. Right. Because I want to fucking shoot myself in the eye with a hammer gun. At least know? give me, like, at least give me a jelly bean every, every act. Exactly. You, can't, you cannot leave me exactly. hanging or I will kill you. I will find you and kill you. Oh, that's exactly how I feel, too. Where I'm going, I have no idea what's happening here. Yeah. You were that guy and now you're that Did guy. Did you see The Tree of Life? No, but Me I did neither. see Jacob's Ladder. Okay. Did Jacob's you... Ladder, I, I'm a... Oh, oh, but we did talk about the Tree of Life guy. What's his name? Uh, Terrence Malick. Terrence Malick. Yeah. We talked... When I was on the phone with him, yeah. we talked about the Tree of Life, and I was like, you know what? I go in a Terrence Malick movie, but Ter- I'm, I'm, I know what... And we you all, know who Terrence Malick is. And you is. also know the way... I mean, to be honest, I haven't seen the whole movie, so I'm sort of talking out my ass here, but mm-hmm. I've seen enough pieces, and I know enough from what I've talked to people about, is that you, you as poetic and meditative as it is, right. you know that part of it has to do with a father and son right. and the beginnings of neurosis right. and, the, right. and the end of love. Right. And it's like there's something in there that I can hold on to. If it's really just uh, poetry and ideas, if it's just ideas with no humanity underneath it, that's really, or all humanity and no ideas, right. you have to kind of mix... The intuitive and the conscious. You otherwise, absolutely have to do Otherwise, that. it's pure intuition is like just really finger painting. And, and it should be a short movie. Yeah. A short. You can do that. Do it at a short. Make it a poetic I will sit short. through it and go, oh, we're going to be done with this soon. Yeah. But after a while, I'm thinking, wait a minute. And, and in Jake, Was this just all images or were people talking or what in what, this one uh, that you read? Um, it was, it was, it was uh, what's the phrase? Um, uh, uh, a narrator that you can't trust? What's that called? Oh. A, a, an untrustworthy narrator or something like wow. that. Where whatever it is that he's saying, you're like, but wait a minute, you were doing that and you were doing that. And it's like, okay, here's this guy and it all comes from his point of view and his life at the end. So 10 minutes before the end. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> <laughs> wait, don't tell me! <laughs> 10 minutes before the end, he says, and everything's going to be explained. Well, you know, it's essentially all in his mind. That's not fair. No. and that's, it's, is, that's, It was all a dream bullshit. Exactly. And it's Jacob's Ladder. Did you see Jacob's I did, but I liked it. I don't. I don't know. What I the thought fuck it was, was hell. About. He was a guy who was going crazy, who was going to hell because he cheated on his wife or something. Didn't but he? But I don't remember. But there's also Vietnam. What's going on? In I there. just remember the bouncing rubber head in the back of the car. Well, if that's what you remember, <laughs> exactly. that freaked me right, out. Right, right, right. The imagery was cool. <clears throat> I, yeah, but but it drove you nuts. It drove me fucking crazy, Silas, because I had nothing to hold on to. Where's my jelly bean? Yeah, no, you need jelly beans. The jelly bean was was Danny Aiello cracking his back. I don't know. I'm just I don't remember it. it. I must have been. Really, really stoned for that. It's a good movie to see stoned. I'll see again. Have you been watching American Horror Story? No, I haven't. Oh, Brotherhood. 
I know a uh, I know one fun. of the actors in it as a former student of mine, Naomi Grossman. She some, plays one of the pinheaded geeks or something like that. So I think is she is, that's maybe the second season. In yeah, the, I think so. I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. But the first season is really fun, scary, ugly stuff. I love the stuff in in uh, in Grimm. Uh, <laughs> the tongue, like there's yeah. a tongue and there's a bite in the tongue and they're showing yeah. the tongue and it's a tongue. Yeah, and that and the violence, not the violence, but it the gets, grossness. It gets better because the the I feel like NBC really was nervous about it at first because they they were up our bums about like um not, you rip somebody's arm off for fuck's sake yeah dude. but it gets more like there's a creature that's a spider creature <laughs> right and they and oh. they and they and you know how a spider like a black widow kills its prey it like shoots neurotoxin into it okay in this case it was like a seductive woman and the way she gets her lover is she basically vomits in his mouth <laughs> Like that's the neurotoxin, <laughs> and it just gets more and more like that. Like there's a there's a sequence later on in the in the season where like might even be this year. I can't remember because they all blur together after mm-hmm. a while. But how lovely like this, that you're able to say that they all blur together as opposed to I clearly remember that one walk on part. I it's had. amazing, dude. It's amazing. I really, I like, this is a pinch myself thing, and it's been going Simon, on for a couple is, of years. I know, and I'm still like, come no on! One's, but no one's surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting off of this line of thinking right now, but I'm, I'm no one's surprised. Watching you, no one's surprised. You're very you, sweet to no, say that. All right, come I'm on. not saying it for any other reason other than uh, when I play with you, and Ben Davis is the same thing. And it's just, I'm going to say this in another way. It's like having a friend or a girlfriend who, where you go, I, you. Oh man, this is going to come out so weird. But you make me want to be a better actor. That's very kind. Do you understand what I mean? I know what you mean. I I, I mean, I feel that way about a lot of people that I work with too. They're the best people to work with, right? Right. And we did that on on our show. Right. Where you're challenging the other person in the most loving way. Absolutely. By having your shit together. Exactly. And those people that don't have their shit together, it's like, why? Because I was just getting off the. uh, I'm I'm on this, this thread with somebody who's being so cynical about. Uh, about the government right now. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, why would anybody want to talk to you if you're going to be cynical? Because cynicism, cynicism is the death of anything creative. It is. And you walk around with this fucking pants full of duty mm-hmm. and no one wants to walk around and see you. Cause, and you know what? All you need is to have a pants full of duty one time and every time I see you, I'm like, I wonder if he has a pants full of duty. Yeah. Because I don't want to be around him. Especially if it's the same pip, same duty that he's walking around <laughs> with for weeks and weeks. It's like, dude, Dude, are you going to give me the same pile of poo that exactly. you gave me the last time? Exactly. But even if it's different piles of poo, it's still poo. It's still like poo. people, like I have a friend who for years, years was like that. He was like, you know, cynical and sad and grumpy because he's brilliant and right. he wasn't getting the goods because he wasn't he, w- he was doing the work. He what? He wasn't doing the work. Right. He was like trying but he was physically out he wanted to be a director right right physically a little bit not right. in shape to, you know was directing a film right you have to be in physical condition right and so and, and he went through a very dark cynical period and then something i don't know what it was he snapped out of it and he changed and it's no longer everybody else sucks I'm the one who should be having, you know, you know that old well, thing, it, but man. But it's, it's the acceptance, though, isn't it? Because what was happening for him, and I don't know who he is. I don't know who you're talking about. No, you but, don't. You know. But 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 what's happened? What was happening for him is he has expectations that weren't being matched, and Correct. He was bringing his fucking expectations into it. Totally. And that's the same thing with cynicism: is you're bringing your expectations, and your expectations are everything's bad and everything's wrong, and I and I got to put on my poop pants. Yep. You know that already have poop in them. It's like yep. no, you fucking don't. Put your pants in the washer. 
right. and put your brain in there with them. Exactly. And wash all that shit out because everything that you're holding on to does not fucking exist. Right. And even if even if your expectations aren't the, the thing... You, his expect my friend's expectations weren't that he wasn't going to succeed. His expectations of success weren't being met. Right, right. And, and, exactly. and are you saying that you're, exactly the, the, saying. the government or whatever isn't doing what your friend thinks should be done? Exactly. Therefore, and everything is shit. Exactly. Yeah. And this whole thing about, well, the, you know what? Well, the Democrats are doing it too. It's like, that's not fucking fair. That's yeah. not addressing what is happening right now because you're bringing in this thing that is not what is happening. Right. And what is happening right now is there's obfuscation that's going on. Yeah. There's intransigence that's going on. And it is fucking deliberate. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm on your side as far as the intransigence being deliberate and wanting to like fuck the guy up for the sake of fucking him up. Right. But now that he's got a second term, hopefully something something's who, cracking already. Who knows? There, you know, something's breaking already. When 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 the when the leader of the speaker of the house barely gets reelected, right. You know, you know that that, that there's some rumblings. Um, but the idea of of bringing your brain vision into reality and having reality be so clouded by your, you know, unclear windshield wiper. Right. That's really annoying to be around people like that because it's like, well, all right, you're just stuck in your smoky, shitty car with your poopy pants and you're you're looking at things through all this murk that is a murk of your own making. Exactly. It's a murkin. It's a a, your own murkin. It's a murkin of your own making. It's a murkin making. Exactly. It's like a child's toy. Exactly. Merkin maker. I I don't think most children have merkins. Well, they might have a merkin toy, you know, like, yeah, kids, yeah, yeah, yeah. like girls play with little dolls. Yeah, Why can't yeah. they have like a little Merkin yeah, toy? Yeah, yeah. You, we Except know what a Merkin just be is, like, right? I do. <laughs> Except they could just pretend it's a goatee, but it's a Merkin. <laughs> you don't tell them it's a Merkin. No, no. But it's no. a fun word, too. It like, is a kids fun would word. like that word. <laughs> they would like <laughs> that word. It sounds like Merkin. Daddy, what's a Merkin? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Merkin, Merkin. Um, I also, I was wondering, just thinking about it now, uh, just thinking about the Merkins, um, is, there must be a Merkin for, uh, f- for people going through adolescence. So it's a sparse Merkin. Right, like a Merkin. Well, I think the origination of the Merkin was to cover hair loss from syphilis. Uh-huh. I believe. I believe it was co- like, you know, those, those cutouts that the Victorians would put on their faces that were like uh, club or yes. a diamond, yes. or a heart, or right. you know, a square, whatever it was, and they would cover the pox. And I think that's what it I, is. I, yeah, I think I think part of syphilis was <laughs> lose your pubes. <laughs> so Merkin was there to, to, to fill in the gaps. That, I think, but you know, that, I could be wrong. I no, 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 not that. But, but I, you would think, like, what other reason would there be other than a medical reason, right. or, which is essentially a vanity reason? Right. <clears throat> um, who was I watching? We were watching something the other day, and it was um, something with a. Oh, 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 I went to see the. Um, uh, the, the Caravaggio exhibit at uh, LACMA. Have you seen love, it? Not at LACMA, but oh, I've seen man, Caravaggio. Oh, man, you got to see the Caravaggio yeah. exhibit. Like, while you're here, you got to see he it. He is amazing. And and I didn't know what... He was like... He was a, an awful person. He liked little boys, didn't he? I don't know about that, but I do know that he 
he beat the fuck out of somebody in a city and had to move to another city and then move to another city. Because he was a better painter than him or something? No, well, that's another thing. And he hated like... his, his younger people. His, he hated his students uh-huh. because they were going to be better. But there was a woman, a picture of a prostitute from the 17th century. And, and you go, what the fuck did that? What was, I'm sorry, but what did that smell like? Right. Yeah. You look right. at the chamber pots like in the painting kind right. of thing. All that stuff. I was just in Venice. You want to talk about? Yeah, you want to talk Mm -hmm. about a city that will smell right in the summertime. I mean, it's a swamp. Right. They built on a swamp. Right. And uh, yeah, it smelled. And the and all the streets are about. You can not do two people abreast. You're walking through streets that are four story buildings, and the street is maybe. 32 inches wide right. so you have to turn to pass people mm-hmm. and you can just envision you know people from the you know 13th century 13th wanted. century it's been there since 400 or something right I, I, I'm going to go back to the idea of you pinching yourself going you know how, how good yeah, show yeah. no 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 but only because that's, that gave you Venice mm-hmm. it absolutely did it gave me Venice and it gave me Venice like splurge Venice uh huh you know, like right. that's my wife and I love to travel, and we just were like, we're going business class. We're staying at the best hotels. We're eating out every <laughs> freaking night, and we're just doing. Well, who's going to make food in their hotel room? In that's then? true. <laughs> gonna, it's not gonna... like it's, it's not like we're eating out because we have a kitchen and we would make our own pasta. There's plenty of people around who can make pasta for you. You're in Venice. People who enjoy it, actually, doing it for you. Exactly. I, 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 here they call them restaurants. Yeah, there's a lot of them in that town, let me tell you. <laughs> there's a lot of espresso and uh, fish. Right. Fish, a lot of fish. Right. Because you basically, you know. You're right there. It's 110 islands. That's what Venice is made of. Oh, my God. I didn't even realize Venice was what it is. I yeah. thought it was attached to the mainland, and then as you went closer to the shore, it became this low area with canals. Right. No, no, it is about four kilometers offshore, and it's just a swampy island thing that they built on top of, and it's, the fact that it's still there is a modern, is a miracle. How, when did you start measuring things in kilometers? Oh, sorry, it's because it was in Europe. That's the only reason I did <laughs> that. No, no, what? what? <laughs> so it was about two and a half, two, two and three quarter miles. Because <laughs> right now there's probably people going, kilometers, he said kilometers. Kilometers, yeah, no. Kilometer? It's a, the metric system is so much better. It really it, is. Is it really? It really is. Do you really mean that? Yes. Do you really mean that? Yes, a yeah. milliliter is a thousandth of a liter. It's just so but much more But then you've got to figure out a liter, Silas. A liter is basically a quart. Let's just say a quart. Because a quart is what a quarter of a gal. Look, our system is, it's like, you might imagine me talking in stones and hands. How tall are you? Well, I'm about 24 hands, I suppose. What do you weigh? 14 stone? No, man. It's just better. An inch is a what? A centimeter. A centimeter is a hundredth of a meter. Centimeter. It's I just understand makes that. so much more sense. But, but, but starting all over again, figuring out, okay, wait, 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 wait. We could never do it. This country is too steep. I tried in it. Its own I tried it in grammar school. We tried it. Where, where it oh, oh, in college we tried it because I went to college. I graduated in 81, 82. 
And what? And at that point, they were trying to, to make that happen. I remember earlier than that. They were right. in, when I was in grade school. They right. were, there was a well, push. When you were, but well, never... when you were in grade school, I was in college. No, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. I'm 53. Yeah, I'm 43. Okay. Could that be possible? <laughs> wait, wait. No, you could have been in sixth, seventh grade. When you're in college. I was in college. 81? 81, 82. Yeah, 89. I could have been finishing, I mean, 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. You're 19, you're 21, I'm 11. Yeah. Yeah, right. that's a big right. gap. That is a big gap. This is we not such not a friends. big gap. <laughs> <laughs> we could not have been friends back then. <laughs> we could not have been. And if we, we had been, been it would have been weird. <laughs> exactly. We, we wouldn't have been enemies. No. My sister's 12 years younger than I am. There you go. So, I have a sister who's 12 years older. Yeah. Are you the oldest? I'm the oldest. I'm the youngest. I'm, yeah. There so you, you are Rachel. Who am I? Ruthie. Ruthie. Okay. <laughs> Ruthie is cuckoo pants. Is she cuckoo, cuckoo uh, pants in a good way? She is actually, but the, she and my I say that I love Ruthie, but she's nuts and she, my 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 mother and her had a bad go. Uh-huh. They had a bad time cuz she's the firstborn. It was just a bad scene. Well, don't blame it on the firstborn. Yeah, it's not only that, but it contributed cuz my mother just didn't know what to do. That's different. And it was a wrong kid not to know what to do with. Got it. Got it, got it, got it, got it. Yeah. Um, you don't have kids. Nope. Uh, uh, I don't have any kids either. Um, I was married when I... I mean, you know what I remember? You, you know what you gave me? That you, it's one of the things where people give you things and you don't even know it. You gave me an appreciation for Radiohead. Do you know that? I didn't know that. I'm yes. glad that I did you that. You did. Because I still love them. You were the one that, that turned me on to some, some like, OK Computer. I think it was OK Computer because yeah. that was the first one, aside from I'm a Creep, and I, yeah. didn't, I didn't have that whole album at that point. Right. OK Computer was the first one where I, with my head spun around when it, I listened to it. It's one of those things where you get so fucking inspired by that that you can't stop. Yep. You just cannot stop. And anything, again, I'm going back to the, to, to the idea idea of what it is that we do and what it is that we give people that we don't even know what we give people and I don't know that Tom York Tom York must know that we really like him he does I'm sure he does yes but what's nice about it you know even also going back to the idea of like being able to live in the world and not be even though you know people like you you can still live in the world right you know that he knows people dig his stuff otherwise he wouldn't keep going but he seems to be someone who's able to like (coughs) really manage it and keep private and do his work like i feel like when radiohead comes out with a new album they've been like at stonehenge right or something you know, like, like underground, like burrowing around with electronic things and like doing weird. Exp- and then they come out and then they rise to the earth and they have the album, but they live like they live private, quiet lives. Yes, they do. They don't. They're not Bono. They're not run, walking around doing ads for Versace and whatever no, he does. No, they're just in there, burrowed in. They have their kids, they have their animals, and they have their music. And I really appreciate that. If you can manage to be that successful and that accomplished and still be able to go to the local pub. I got to tell you, I saw him at a local, uh, not pub, but I saw him at um, that M Cafe on La Brea. Oh. I'm sorry, on um, Light Off in La Brea on Melrose. Yeah. Really great. And I'm sitting there with my friend Tammy Smalls and we're sitting and Tammy's got her back to the door and I just say, oh, that guy looks like uh, Tom York. And I went, wait a minute, that's Tom York. That's Tom York. That's Tom York. And she, she said, say something to him. And I said, I, I'm not going to say anything to him. What am I going to say? I'm not going to say anything to him. What do I have to say to him? Good morning, Mr. Magpie. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so I was thinking, and I, so I, I said, all right, if he, <laughs> it's a little deal I made. If he 
turns to me and looks at me, I will come and say something. Well, sure enough, he turned to me and looked at me. And I got up and I went, I'm sorry, I got to do this. Thank you. Just thank you. That's a great way to do it. And that's all. And he went, you're welcome. And we walked away. But he had a demeanor about him that said, yes, that's who I am. This is who I am. And that's it. Yep. Yeah. And just like confident enough in it. It's almost like if you, it's almost as though people will respect your space if you have that thing that you're talking about that he has. As opposed to like, I think that when I think about someone like Tom Cruise, for example, I feel like in a way they invite it. Absolutely. And as a result of inviting it, it's irresistible to invite it. Right. It demands all of this other shit, like people around you and right. fucking a police escort to take a dump. You know what right. I mean? Right, And And I feel like with someone who's not interested in that, you don't need that. No. Like, I no. feel like Tom Hanks, for example, could just walk around because he's a normal, nice guy. Yeah, people would scream up after him. Right. But I feel like he's got this kind of humanity about him. That's it. That is normal and grounded, that right. doesn't demand, you know, a... Uh, 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 security detail to walk around and the reason you need the security detail is somewhere in you yes you enjoy exactly i think that lindsay lohan enjoys that she enjoys something she enjoys a lot of things well did you did you read the new york times uh article about making a movie with lindsay i saw the cover (laughs) and i haven't read it yet it's craziness it's fucking craziness but the director of that movie as well what's his name what's his name anyway uh the director of that movie Ah. Which movie was it? The one, the one, the the porno, yeah, the, the porno one about the, the porno. Yeah, movie? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but the guy who directed it has directed the a Canyons bunch of is the name of the movie. Yeah, the Canyons is the name okay, of the movie. Okay, but, I forget his but, name. But he was also inviting that, and that's what it is that he wanted. He made a mistake. No, he didn't. Oh, not okay, in the I'm casting. Ready. Okay, not in the casting. He did not make a mistake in the casting because he got exactly what he wanted. Right, and it wasn't what it was that he thought it was going to be. But any director going into something is. Any any creative process, what you think, and again, we go back to that. What are your expectations? Whatever your expectations are, it's not going to be that. Which and, means which means try to uh, see your expectations with a grain of salt. Know that your expectations are going to change. Yeah. Know that the expectation is merely what you think you, what in you that start moment. with. Exactly. And to be able to surrender those expectations. Yeah. Because the career that you have isn't the career that you thought you were going to it's have. It's not. It's totally not. What was that? I thought I was going to do theater right. and independent movies. Right. I thought I was going to do what Liev is doing. Liev. Schreiber. Yes. I really did. I thought I thought I was going to start in New York. Mm-hmm. I was going to work my way up to Broadway. Mm-hmm. And then from Broadway, I was going to do cool, small, independent movies right. that would lead to, like, Phil Hoffman. Yes. Like, I thought that's what oh, I was going to do. God. Like, those Why do you guys. Say, do you know him well enough to call him that? Uh, no, but I know someone who, I, I don't mean to be pretentious, but I know someone who works with him on an, such a regular basis. I, I watched that the he refers, yesterday. Yeah. Oh, my God. <clears throat> Joaquin Phoenix in that movie. Oh, is, my God. That one p- part where of he, it was one shot, and I want, I, you know, I, I don't have anybody here to talk to, but I'm talking about now. That one shot in the hull of the boat where he is, where Philip Seymour, the master, is interviewing uh, yes. Quell or whatever yeah. his name is, yeah. where, and it does not stop, and Joaquin Phoenix yes. does not stop. Yes. Does not stop. Where you have stop. a, re- you're really, really watching a real experience. Yes. Really happening. Yes. And it's shot incredibly beautifully yes. in 70 millimeter, and you're about four inches from his mouth. That one scene, Silas, 
blew me the fuck away. Yeah. Just as good as anything that has ever been. I, totally. I, I don't mean hyperbolic. No, but it, I feel it like is. it was a Brando-y kind of performance. It like was. when Brando did Streetcar. Right. People were like, what? I know. What is and, this? And I hope that he gets the kudos that he deserves because I didn't I didn't care for the movie all that much. I know. But that I, performance yeah. was fucking phenomenal. It was. And him losing his shit in that... Uh, the jail uh, cell? The jail cell scene yeah. where he just broke... I mean, I don't know. That looked like that was one take there as well. Mm, it had to be. I don't know how much more you can do without hurting yourself. Well, and, and he beat the shit out of the, of the, of the toilet and like all that stuff that was going on over there i i, I looking at those moments and and having those moments and those uh, those of us who are artists know what that feeling is like and am i jealous of him no you know why cuz i have had those moments yeah in your own absolutely in one's own way completely it's just right. that he's doing it in this other format exactly yeah that's a good way to look at it cuz i've had those experiences as well where you're like over the edge but in control and you're telling a story but you are the story is riding you absolutely you're not, you're, you're 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 sort of a conduit and it's it's a beautiful feeling isn't that why we do this so that so that when there are those moments like like, like again i'm going to i'm i'm comparing what you're doing on grim and i'm looking at that and that whoever the writers are know you and it does. They do. And I think I started with a slight advantage as far as becoming one with Monroe mm -hmm. because Jim knew me. Mm -hmm. And they didn't write it for me. No. But my voice popped up right. when he was writing the pilot. Yes. And he said, we should bring him in. Yes. But it wasn't like he's the guy and blah, blah, blah. But it, when I read, it was pretty clear that it fit. Right. That there's a really good fit. So when I started working, and I didn't know this at the time, I was like, you know, being shot out of a cannon. In fact, the day we shot the pilot, mm -hmm. I hadn't worked in like six or seven months. Uh -huh. So I was out of practice, and I didn't know what to do because we had this four and a half page scene or five page scene that was the crux right. of the pilot. Right. When I jump out the window yes. and I meet him for the first, well, not the first time, the second time, because the first time is when he sees me morph yeah. and he thinks I'm the you bad guy. Out of your house I walk in my house, I get the mail, I see the girls right. and I'm like, oh, lunch. Oh, right. no, be cool, be cool. And I go back in, he thinks I'm the guy. And then I jump out the window and I'm not the guy. <laughs> and we have this long scene where we interface. Yes. And I was totally out of my depth at that point because I was out of practice. And I was like... I couldn't tell, man. I was like, this is critical. I was like, in my head, I was going, this is, this is fucked because uh, this is just in the mind of the actor who is insecure. The ego. The ego coming out. The not ego, a good ego or the not fear a good, ego, but yeah. But the fear, the ego is the fear. The yeah. fear that, like, all of that. Because yeah. very often, I know that when, when I'm talking about the ego, people go, oh, aren't I great? But it's not that. No, the ego right. is that voice that we try to keep at bay outside the fucking door yeah. that you cannot not hear. You're so right. But you don't engage with it. And You're I talk so about right. that a lot. You are not the point. In other words, right. you are not the point. What do you mean by that? The story is the point. Yes, exactly. It is not about you. No. It's about no. telling a story. Exactly. And While I mean, I'm watching your show, I know I'm cutting you off, but while I'm watching your show, I'm looking at all the other people that are in that show and everyone's there to tell the fucking story. It's really true. And because we have an egoless group of people, pretty much. Right. And... We all enjoy being in Portland. We all really enjoy each other. We enjoy working together. Mm -hmm. It's nice not to be in L.A. because right. all I have to do is exercise, eat right, 
and read the scripts. That's it's a dream job. I know it's going to end right sometime. But you're appreciating it while you're doing I am, it. I'm trying to be humble before it because I swear it is really a delight. Oh, Going man. Going to work is a joy. When you have, because you've, you've self-actualized. When you have reached that point where it's like, I, my, my art is my life and my life is my art. So when you brought that scene in, to look at that scene, because that was a, I didn't know that that was a, for me, I didn't, I, I didn't know yeah. that I hadn't worked for six months. Yeah. But I watched that scene, and there was a certainty to you, but there was also a humbleness to that character, the way that you played it out. There was also a feeling of groundedness, and there was a feeling of fear. And all that that you brought to that was all that that you were going through. Mm-hmm. You being Silas Weir yeah. Mitchell, you being I, that guy. I suppose, I suppose, and yet that's sort of antithetical to the idea that you don't matter. But... I think if you can remove the ego in the sense of if you can remove the part of you that wants to dictate. Yes. Surrender. Yeah. If you can surrender. I mean, right. these are the words I use. Like when I've taught little acting classes and here mm-hmm. and there, I parrot my acting teacher, Harry Mastro George. Mm-hmm. He's, where was, where was, he, he teaches in L.A. still. Uh-huh. And I started with him in 2000. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's still going and he's been teaching. He's probably 70-something now, 72, 73. He's been teaching since he was 25 or 30. Mm-hmm. And um, he teaches the story. Right. That's it. It's right. about the story. Right. And the actor's job is to be impacted upon by the story. Right. Which then, if you really spend hours and hours allowing the story in and not coming at the story with your shit, you can't your do that. ideas, right. you have to open up, and he talks about surrender, he talks about childlike, innocent mm. oh vulnerability, right. and you play pretend. Oh my God. He's amazing. This guy is the, he's the antidote to the type of actors who read a script and, and immediately want to wrench it into something that has to do with them. Right. Or some idea that they think is more important than the story. You're talking about improvisation. In a That's way. That's what you're talking about. I mean, it's because the same, it's the same t- thing, principles. Right? All those things that you just said are so important to, to a good improv scene, which is also so important to a good life that you leave, where yeah. you're vulnerable and you're focused and you're paying attention, you yeah. have no expectations, yep. and all of those things. So any good teacher is not just a teacher. Any good teacher is also somebody that is a seer, that is a philosopher, that is a, that, that, that is a friend, that is a mentor, that is a father, that is a brother. And you know what they also are? They're someone who's designed to obsolesce themselves. Absolutely. And not make you dependent on them. Right. And the teachers who need to go to have, have actors demand that they come to set with them right. and hold their hand and coach them in their trailer. Right. To me, and I, I'm, I'm not trying to cast aspersions, I'm just saying... The actors who do that are infantilizing themselves. Clearly, they're not... They're they're not not taking taking responsibility for their own shit. Exactly. You have to be an adult. And my teacher, the way he works is you don't rehearse your scenes outside of class. You're assigned a scene, you do homework, you come in, you do the scene. And he Mm -hmm. does two table reads, Mm -hmm. one week table read, next week table read, Mm -hmm. third week, block it, fourth week, off book, doing the blocking. Right. And that rhythm is as much like the real world as yes. you can get because you don't go out and... Not the real you, world, the, the industry. The industry world. Right. The yes. real industry world. Got it, right. You don't meet with Jenna Elfman if you're doing a day on her show like, <laughs> hey, hi, I'm the guest for... Uh, can I get talk to Jenna? 
Yeah, I'm doing a guest spot on her, uh, on I think it's the, the, the one about that she's the president's second wife. Yeah. Uh, I have a scene. <clears throat> Is she free for a rehearsal? That doesn't happen. I know, it never happens. It doesn't happen. No, you get but five minutes before you shoot. So clearly. you have to right. come with right. your work ready. And, and also to, ready to move and be elastic. Yes. Uh, re- being ready to, yes, uh, being ready to take on anything that is coming at you and not to have a strict um, expectation. Cement- exactly. We keep going back to that. The, the idea Expectations that what, are for the birds in exactly. a lot of ways. And I think that there are a lot of people, and I've mentioned this on the show before, the idea of... Um, uh, I wish that someone would tell anybody who's landed at LAX, like, or or get in a car, you know, however way you get here, by ship or by plane, to say, okay, good, you're here. Let's sit down and take a moment with you right now. Right. Fuck expectation. Right. And I've said it before. The idea of whatever you think it is that it, it is going to be is not right. going to be now, that. Now, goals are different than expectations. Clearly. Goals and we have to have. When you say goals, what are goals? Well, my goal was to be a working actor. Done. Done. That's it. It's not to be a working actor on Who does show. this? No, 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 Right. No. My right. expectations were Broadway, right. independent films. My goal, this is a good example. I'm, this is like, a, this is a, I'm, a, I'm an object lesson in goals versus expectations. Yes. The goal is to be a working actor. Yes. The expectation was one thing. Yes. The reality is another. Clearly. The goal has been achieved, but the expectation of how it's going to happen was totally different it's interesting in an anecdotal way you know it's like isn't that interesting i thought that was going to happen but that happened right as opposed to um being disappointed i thought that was going to happen right. but that happened i'm fucked and underneath all of that the reason it never became i'm fucked was because i just kept working on the work exactly i just you kept was, working the joy has to be and i think a lot of people stop because they don't have the i they don't feel that 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 auditioning is enough right that that auditioning in class because you should always be in a class, right? Uh, so people tell that me. the act of doing it has to be its own reward. Exactly, you've got to be in the. You moment have to love it the... that much is the bottom line. If you don't love it that much and you're doing it for the chicks or the money or the, then forget it. It's just I... not going to sustain you. No, and and have the end goal be something where you go. It's got to be this. Then you're not paying attention to here. Totally. If it has to be that the the, the money. If or the, the path chicks, has to be this way, the path. You're not paying attention to what the path is. What, where you are on the path. Yeah. And no matter what it is that you do, that's true. Whether you're an actor or, or whether a you're a physicist or whatever. Yep. Whatever. You know, I, I, you know, again, I'm not a parent, um, but I would think You're that a parent is, to me. I know. That's I what can I, I see was, you I was, right I there. I know. I know. But you know what? A lot of people can't see me. And people are going to be like... <laughs> a lot of t- I'm invisible to a lot of people. <laughs> I'm just no. not a parent. <laughs> exactly. But... If I was going to have a child, uh-huh, um, to, to have a child, you're probably still going through that thing, even more so the idea of, I need to be here with that child right now, I need to be here with that child right now, I need to be here with that child right now. And how many people are not? Yeah. My father was never where he was. Your father was never where he was? Never. What did he do? He was a stockbroker. Uh-huh. He was like the gray flannel man. You know that same as it ever was yeah. gesture from... Yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. was yeah. my David father. Byrne. David Byrne. Yeah, yeah. get up. Have the grapefruit and the cup of coffee, go to work, two martini lunch, go back to work, come right. home, have a steak, bottle of wine, a couple of martinis, go to bed, get up, right. grapefruit, coffee. And he provided for the family. Right. And he was funny in his way. Right. And there was a part of me that really loved him, a part of me that really despised him for his lack of 
presence. Right. Even when he's in the room with you, right. even when he's a parent to you. Right. A parent, the apparent, he's not parent. a parent to you. <laughs> nice. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So he was, he was not there. Right. Um, and that's an object lesson for me of how never to be. He died of cancer at 65 because he didn't express a goddamn thing in his life except for like maudlin sadness. Right. And the occasional laugh. He was funny. You get him out on, we have a boat, right? We go sailing every now. You get him out on a boat and he'll laugh. Right. Because he's able to live in the, pre- he was able he's, to live in the present He had to because if he didn't, he'd like run into a, you know, rock. Well, that's it. All those things. And, and, and when you're on a boat, you're also on an island because that's where you are. Yeah. You're not connected to the mainland. Right. You are floating. Yeah. And, uh, it's, wow, what a shame. Yeah, no, it was, but luckily I had another male influence that came in who was, who is still, still going strong. He's 82 years old, my mm-hmm. stepfather, and, mm-hmm. and he, he provided me, he gave me, you talk about people giving you things. Right. My stepfather has given me an enormous amount of confidence and uh, faith in myself and um, structures for dealing with the world. Mm-hmm. Like he turned me on to Jung, he turned me on to introspection mm-hmm. because when he started being, when he came into our family, he was going through a, the beginnings of, I can't just be a businessman my whole life. It's like the opposite of my father. Right. I have to think about the inner life and not just be traveling the world trying to get money for projects. Right. That, you know, like, that's all in the future. Yeah, it's all in the future, and it's all external-based. It's all about, even though he was trying to do good things, he was working with biotech firms and uh-huh. all trying to raise money for good things, you know, right. like interferon, when that was they thought yes, they had yes, a yes, cure for AIDS cancer. Thing. Right. Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, they, yeah, used, yeah, right, they right. might have used it for AIDS as well, uh-huh. but it started as, a, it was on the right, cover of right, Time at one point. Right. Interferon, we've got the thing that'll stop the cancer cells from growing. Right. He was involved in that, you know, one of his company, that he, you know, so he was doing good things in the world, but it was, all, for him, it was all about winning. And all about selling and right. all about... And then he oh, realized when man. he joined with us, not because of us, but just happened to be that time of his life, he started thinking inwards and I was just growing up and so I clued into that. He gave me an enormous arsenal of psychological... How old were you when that happened? Well, I was five when they, re- when they started, but... The when d- who started? When my mother and stepfather got together. Got I it. was five. Uh-huh. But the period I'm talking about was more like, I would say... 10, 11, 12, 13. Right. Like really, Very formative years. I was going to say you. your brain is really sizzling. And that's, uh, it's so interesting to be going through that at that time while you're also going through an adolescence and trying to understand, or rather, in the process of understanding what the world is bringing you. Totally. I mean, I that think that are. that's part of why it's stuck with me for so long is A, it's a formative time, but it right. also is an antidote, or not an antidote, but a counterpoint to the obsessively external overwhelming sense of of the world that you have as an adolescent. Right. Where it's all about like ego and identity and personality and girls and it's this overwhelming external, the world is everything. Right. That that to have some little seed of an inner behavior, an inner awareness uh, at that age was something that's like invaluable to me. Well, that was around the time that I started when I was 10 or 11 when I started doing theater. Yeah. And to go, this is it. I'm done. This is it. That's it. Anything more than this, I don't understand or need. I yep. found it. Yep. Yep. I was an early, early, early convert 
also to the ways of being an actor. Right. Um, we got to stop there. Thank you for listening to the ADD Comedy Podcast. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on ADD Comedy, you can visit our website at www.theaddcomedytour.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at ADD Comedy Pod. If you're in the Los Angeles area and you're interested in taking a class with Dave, you can find that information at his website at www.davidrosowski.com. Sound services for the ADD Comedy Podcast was brought to you by Post Apocalyptic.